fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is a Tuesday, greatest day of the entire week, just for the fact that it's a Tuesday. And now it's Halloween as well, so happy Halloween to you all. We're going to have some fun on this show today. It's a holiday, and we're going to enjoy it as such. Welcome into it. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. Multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the program. Always great to have you. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. I got to, all right, I'm going to have to do it. I have to turn the studio lights back on in here. I turned them off because it was really bright outside and someone messed with my lights here in the studio and now they're really bright in here and it was like giving me a glow and I don't want to be all glowy. I'm already pale enough. I already glow in the dark on my own. I don't need any help from fluorescence. But it's really dark in here now, so I'm going to have to turn it back on. <laughs> Welcome into it. Happy Halloween. If you are watching the video, by the way, which you can find on any of the social media through the Voice of Reason, at Hoosier Reason is our handle, or on OpsLens with our friends over at OpsLens, O-P-S-L-E-N-S dot com, with their website, their app, also their social media. Uh, if you are watching, you do see that I am wearing, yes, my traditional uh, Halloween costume. Now, it's not much this year, but it's a little something, and it's hot. It's hot in here. I've had it's like 40 degrees outside of I had to turn on the AC today because it is hot. I'm wearing my Thunder Buddies outfit. Now, for those that don't know what the Thunder Buddy is, go watch the movie Ted, the teddy bear that's don't not with kids. Don't watch, don't watch that one with kids. But I have my Thunder Buddy outfit that is a onesie teddy bear outfit that says Thunder Buddies. And it's really hot in here. So well manage and power our way through. Welcome into it. Happy Halloween to you. If you celebrate Halloween, if not, that's totally cool. Uh, I got a question today. Someone asked me, actually, and they're like, Eddie, why do you celebrate Halloween so much? Why do you enjoy such a weird holiday? It's not even like a, a, a formal federal holiday, markets close, that sort of thing. And I'll tell you exactly why. Number one, it's Mrs. Voice of Reason's birthday today. So happy birthday to Mrs. Voice of Reason. Yeah. So that's kind of awesome. My birthday is October 13th. Hers is October 31st on Halloween, which is really awesome. And she is now officially 37, which is even more awesome because she's a couple years older than I am. And I totally dig that. Just throwing that out there. So uh, she is 37 today. Happy birthday to Mrs. Voice of Reason. That being said, Halloween has always been a favorite one of mine because for a few different reasons. Number one, it's the launch of the trifecta holiday season. We have Halloween. That bleeds right into Thanksgiving. That bleeds right into Christmas. And then we kick off a whole new year with New Year's in 2024. So it's beginning of the holiday festive season. So the holiday feel, even if you don't celebrate Halloween necessarily, just the idea of the holiday season, you get into those feel goods. It's beginning kind of sort of to cool down outside a little bit to where we have fall and we have the changing colors and we have cold weather and we have the holiday uh, celebrations coming out and we have the decorations coming out. It's the beginning of holiday season and it's the launching pad for that. Again, whether you actually enjoy the real actual holiday season of Halloween or not. The history of Halloween is really neat, though, too. And it's something that I don't think a lot of people know of the history of Halloween. 
because there's different ways to practice it around the world in different cultures, different religions, different practices that I find quite fascinating because I'm a dork like that and I like studying what everybody else does. But the way that we celebrate Halloween here is kind of weird, honestly. Uh, But do you know, for example, why we wear Halloween costumes? Because in Europe back in the day, they believe, which uh, this is kind of where the occultists take over, where they start doing their evil stuff, which I don't support and condone in any way, shape, or form, by the way. But they, like everything else, the occultists, the weird ones, they hijack everything and they just manipulate it to their own benefit. And I'm not okay with that, but that's what they do because they don't have a holiday on their own. They can't celebrate anything on their own. So they steal from other things and then they just kind of go off on their own. But in traditional European culture in the history of Halloween, The veil is the thinnest between this world and the world beyond. And they say that this is when spirits come back to this time and even the bad spirits that come back. So we dress up in Halloween costumes is because when the bad spirits come back here, they're looking for us. And when we masquerade around in the costumes, they can't find us. And all they see is the goblin or the ghost or the whatever that we dress up as. And therefore, they can't find who they're looking for. And then they go away and they can never come back to haunt us is the theory that many Europeans had, you know, a thousand years ago and really how some of these traditions started. It's also very agricultural and farming. So coming from the middle of the country is a great tradition because this is like the celebration to wrap up the harvest. They finish their harvest for the season. They hope they have enough food stored away for the wintertime when nothing's growing. And they celebrate all of the work that they put in throughout the year. And that's where you get the scarecrows that ward off a lot of the birds that are trying to eat a lot of the stuff before they can harvest them. That's why they have the jack-o'-lantern, which is another fascinating story as well that comes from Ireland. And obviously a guy by the name of Jack that apparently, uh, in theory, the, the story goes, is that Jack tried to make a couple deals with the devil and like in a good way to where he took advantage of the devil and tricked the devil as the ultimate trickster. Jack was able to trick him. And by the end of it, he promised, uh, he made the devil promise. For example, uh, he made the devil climb up a tree and then put crosses all around the tree to where the devil couldn't come down from the tree. And the story goes is that the only way he would release the devil is if he promised not to take him and take his soul when he passed away. So when Jack finally died in Ireland back in the day, the devil didn't want him because he held up to the agreement. God didn't want him because obviously he made deals with the devil. So he was uh, spent the entire rest of eternity wandering aimlessly in the black abyss. And he carried a pumpkin, or at that time it was a different vegetable, don't remember which one it was, but he was uh, carrying that around lit to where he could find his way looking for a place to rest. And the reason that they lit up jack-o'-lanterns or the pumpkins is to try and ward off Jack so that way he wouldn't come and try to rest in their humble abode. Again, fascinating story. Whether you believe that stuff or not, I I love it and I love the history of Halloween. So that's why we celebrate it. However you celebrate, whether it's because you dress up in Halloween costumes, whether you just go trick-or-treating, whether you just enjoy, then happy holidays to you. And so begin the holiday season moving forward. And, of course, happy birthday to Mrs. Voice of Reason. All right, enough of that. Bottom of the hour, we are going to have some fun times with the Halloween uh, stuff. And, again, for uh, entertainment purposes only, if you like it, agree with it, disagree with it, or just find it quite fascinating, we're going to have Heather Strom on the program. She is an author and a psychic who communicates with animal spirits, apparently. I know. So, 
We'll have her on the program and we'll talk about what she does and ways that the animals can help you heal through trauma, whether it's spirit animals or physical animals, how you can heal through a lot of trauma, what apparently we have in society today. So we'll have fun chatting with Heather on a fun Halloween episode here on The Voice Reason for a Halloween Weird day. News yeah, of I know. The day. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we'll do. So we'll get to that in a little bit, but first let's get into our what's trending stories of the day and actually talk about some current events, shall we? What's trending today? On the program today, let's go to Washington, D.C. because there is a, a war of brewing. And while we celebrate the fact that we have a new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, and the fact that he is a solid conservative, a great man of faith, and a staunch man who's not going to cower on his values, we have some major battles coming up. And I have to say, going into the year, I feel... Ten times, a hundred times more confident in the negotiating abilities of Mike Johnson, in him standing on his values and his faith, more so than I ever had faith in Kevin McCarthy standing and doing the right thing. And I'm sure most of our listeners, show of hands, that you would all agree with the same thing as well, right? Because when it comes down to it, the one example that we saw with the pressure being put onto Kevin McCarthy, twice already, I guess now, he caved both times. Andy, no he didn't. Well, he really did. He caved with his bill for the debt ceiling increase uh, back in May and June when we were debating that issue, and he caved on the continuing resolution with the amount of spending that we would have. But he's 0-2, and that's why we had to get rid of the guy. Mike Johnson, maybe he'll turn out to be the same way, but at least we have a little bit more confidence that he's a guy of virtue and of value and of standards and of morals and a guy that's going to stand up for what he believes in and not cower. And the reason I say that that's important in today's time is because we're already getting wind from the Biden administration and Karine Jean-Pierre as they look at the appropriation bills that are coming out of Washington, D.C. in the House of Representatives. And as you know, if you didn't know, we talked about it on our syndicated program over the weekend, and I believe on Friday's show a little bit, that the House of Representatives is five out of 12 passed with some more coming up at the end of this week. The latest bill that was passed in the appropriations process was the water and energy bill that reverses the waters of the U.S. rule, which many farmers and ag leaders are going to be very happy about that. It reverses a lot of the electric vehicle mandates from the Biden administration. It cuts a heck of a lot of other regulations when it comes to energy, like getting rid of the mandate that you only can have electric stoves instead of gas stoves. All that crap's gone. It also cuts the bill by itself within those departments that are involved in the water and energies departments across the U.S., it cuts those spending by near a trillion dollars, like $800 billion that it cuts out of those fundings. That's amazing. And right there should be a reason why, point in case why, we should be praising the House Republicans right now. And if they're going to need a little more time and another extension, I'm totally okay with that if we're going to see more bills coming out like that. Because well done. Well done. I think we should be very happy about that. Winning. Now, here's the point, is that with those being passed, the Biden administration has already made the comment that they're going to be vetoing those appropriations when they come to the to the desk of the President of the United States, which is where the battle's going to come. Because we already kind of hinted and knew that he was going to veto these bills, but we weren't sure. Maybe going into an election season, maybe he'll want to look like he's actually taking fiscal responsibility in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> I know that was already a joke before it came out. But nonetheless, we could always be the eternal optimist here and hope that they would do the right thing. Democrats have already said they want nothing to do with these as well as we're on track for the government shutdown, according to the media. And... 
Democrats right now say that they have no uh, interest whatsoever in working with the Republicans in doing all these massive cuts. In fact, Hakeem Jeffries made the comment uh, to, according to TheMessenger.com, quote, we have never given in to any Republican extreme ransom demand in this context of a potential government shutdown, and we never will. It's a futile effort, and it's just designed to hurt the American people and extract pain. Wow. Now, again, he's right to in a sense that Republicans have always caved on this issue because they've never had a backbone. So I ask you the question is, now do we actually have a backbone? Now do we actually stand on our own two feet and fight when we pass these? Because we have passed the appropriations bill already, this water and energy bill. It's already passed. In fact, zero Democrats voted for it, and only one Republican voted against it which shows that we do have a sense of unity within the Republican Party that's desperately needed right now. But if the president vetoes it, we do not have enough votes to override that veto in the House of Representatives. So the question comes down to how far are we willing to go as a Republican Party to stand with these bills that we've passed, no matter how far it goes, no matter how far we go into a government shutdown. No matter how far we go into Democrats and the mainstream media and every left-wing hack out there saying that we're trying to kill people in the streets, we want to shut down these agencies and departments, we don't want people to get their Social Security checks, how far are the Republicans willing to go to stand on these bills that they're passing right now in a unified voice, mind you, before they cave? Or if they cave? And let's hope they don't cave. Because we desperately need these to be passed. And while the Democrats are like, we've never given in to extreme ransom Republicans. Well, guess what? It's time for you to work in a bipartisan way to come work with us. Because that's never happened before. We always cower and give you everything you want. And you're kind of selfish. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into it. Thanks for hanging out today on a post-Monday celebration. Great to say the entire week. Let's carpe diem all over this place, baby. Always great to have you with us here. So, a lot going on in Washington, D.C. right now. Where will we stand? How will Republicans be able to push back against the progressive Democrats? And will we hold our ground? Let's just play this out for a second, shall we? Let's say... We pass. Let's do an extension to the end of the year, let's say. We pass the 12 appropriations bills. We do some massive cuts. We get the financials kind of in order. Obviously, we still have a long ways to go, and we're going to have to address some major issues outside of that because, again, for those that don't know, the appropriations bills are the, are the discretionary spending part of the budget. We have the mandatory and discretionary. The discretionary is the military and all of these other departments, fourth branch of government, bureaucratic agencies, yada, yada, yada. And that takes up roughly 35 to 40 percent of the entire federal budget not a whole lot in fact it used to be about a 50 50 now it's about 35 40 uh, 35 to 40 percent the mandatory spending is the social programs of medicare medicaid of social security of the food stamps of yada 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 those are all within the mandatory spending category you're not allowed to touch them they just grow automatically every year and if you touch them then you're just going to let people die in the streets because you don't care about the poor the sick or the elderly or whatever else they try to say and that's the point where we're going to have to seriously take a look at these we're not touching those yet we're cutting a trillion dollars out of one appropriations bill 
and we have 12 of them that we could do and actually do some relatively good cuts. So that 30 to 35, 40% of the federal budget that's the mandatory spending, let's say we get all these passed, we send them to the Senate, Senate's not going to like them. Oh, well, too bad. We're the House of Representatives. We have the power of the purse. We decide where the funding's going to be. Let's say somehow we get them to pass it, which is very unlikely. Then the question is, what do we do after that? And how do we uh, get them to actually agree to these? Do we have to give uh, do the typical Washington, D.C. thing? Do we like try and buy them off? Do we give them special perks? How do we get them? Let's just say somehow we get a couple of these individuals to shift over and actually vote for the Republican appropriations bill. That's going to be some deep cuts within the government. Again, deep cuts for the 30% of the government that we're trying to fund right now. We get those passed. Everything's great. And then we move forward to the president who vetoes the bill. Again, I ask where he's going to veto it, which means now we come down to either we have to override the president's veto, which is not going to happen with the slim majority that Republicans have, or we have to renegotiate these, which is not going to bode well for the bills that we're passing right now. How far are we willing to go? And is this a losing fight? Because Democrats right now, the progressives love being able to utilize their power and bully and just say we don't we don't cower to them we don't cave to them we never get into any republican extreme ransom demand in their context of a potential government shutdown we'll never compromise with getting our fiscal house in order again <laughs> we'll never do that so how long will we be able to hold out or what could these final bills actually look like or do we just drag this out long enough to where uh, it's not really going to matter? And we obviously we're going to use it for a for a campaign standpoint and a campaign talking point for House and Senate members going into the elections of next year. But it's going to be a long drawn out fight. So don't think just because there's a new speaker of the House that all of a sudden we're going to see some good things happen. We are going to see good things happen, but the battle is just beginning, my friends, and it's going to be okay. But we just have to keep fighting and keep bringing aware to what's going on. All we have to do is keep the messaging on our side and let them know if you shut down the government, that's on you, bro. That's not on us because they always say it's the Republican shutdown. No, we passed our bills. We did our thing. That's on you for not actually coming with a reasonable counter or actually going along with what we did because we always cower to your side. And that's not going to be okay. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back bottom of the hour. When we come back, we're going to go into Halloween mode. Really happy to have on here Heather Strom. She'll be author of a really interesting book. She's also a psychic that can uh, that can communicate with animal spirits. And we'll do that for our Halloween episode here. Have some fun here on the program for a post-Monday celebration. Really happy to have her on it, and it'll be an exciting time. Also, make sure to like us out, share it out on all the social media. Sign up for the podcast. Sign up for the newsletter. Let's do this thing. It's the Voice Reason. It's a Tuesday. Stay right here. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason meets radio. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it on the home stretch here, last half hour of the show. Always great to have you along for the ride today, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. All right, before we, I got to read this headline. This is hilarious. Uh, this is from MSN too. So Andy, this is obscure. No, no. You want to see how great the Biden economy is going or the Gavin Newsom economy in California? There was a house that was listed online for sale for $1.55 million, which 
I don't know about you, but that's a lot of money. I could not afford that at all in any way, shape, or form. It was listed online for $1.55 million. Looking at the picture, it doesn't look like too bad of a house. Looks like a suburban house, maybe, you know, four or five bedroom kind of thing. A little bit bigger, but not too bad. $1.5 million. Here's the kicker. It had a meth lab inside of it. <laughs> yeah, when the economy's so bad that a meth house is going for $1.5 million, you know that you have some problems with your economy. So welcome aboard, California. You guys have some problems you need to work out. Whew, there it is. All right, let's get into what's trending, shall we? And let's have some fun. I want to. I don't want to talk about hard politics anymore today. Let's have some fun talking about some Halloween stuff a little bit with our... Weird news of the day. Kind of, kind of, but... I guess I got to do this disclaimer for entertainment purposes only on however you like to do this. But we like to have fun on this program, as you know, for all the holidays, including this one. So happy Halloween to you. And I am really happy to have on our next guest on the show. This is going to be a fun one because I didn't know that you could even do some of this stuff. But she is an author. She's also a psychic and a psychic that can communicate with animal spirits, which is really amazing with her latest book, Canine Spirit Guides, The Healing Power of Man's Best Friend. Happy to have on the program, Heather Leestrom. Heather, how are you today? I'm great, Andy. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so good to have you on here. I am so excited to talk about this because I've heard a lot about, you know, psychics and being able to communicate with the other side and giving messages. But talking and communicating with animal spirits is like a totally different thing here. How in the world did you even figure out you could do this? Oh, I, I had no idea. It wasn't until they started communicating with me that I realized <laughs> I had an open connection. Wow. Okay, so you got to tell us the first story. When did you first start hearing them communicate with you, and what was it? Was it a dog? Yeah, I guess you could consider it a dog. I mean, I channeled the galactic version of our dogs that um, communicate with us, communicate to us through our dogs, but I didn't realize anything. Thing like that even existed until I was told to write a book about my dogs. And I was, I was writing the book. They began to sort of speak to me and tell me what to put in the book. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, what is the galactic realm of the spirit animal? So uh, here's the thing. I, and uh, people have heard my evolution on this for a long time. I have never been much of a pet person my entire life. I live, I grew up on a farm. Uh, animals had their purpose. The dogs lived outside in the barn to protect the, you know, the livestock kind of thing. Uh, cats were outside to keep the mice away. I was never attached to animals. I always thought they were outdoor animals. And my wife, who's a major dog lover and used to breed uh, like old English sheepdog and used to love big animals, always had them inside. And that was a big argument when her and I first started <laughs> being married together because I'm like, no, dogs do not belong in the house. And we used to get so angry. And I always, I, they would annoy the crap out of me. Now, we have a dog that I wouldn't give up for anything in the world as a pit bull, and she is the greatest thing that jumped into our truck at a gas station, nonetheless, and we've had her for the last four years, and they've kind of warmed up to me. So, uh, I, I've come around to the animal thing and starting to realize their purpose, So, and it sounds like that most animals have a certain purpose like that, don't they? Oh, yeah. All animals are much more highly spiritually developed than people are. <laughs> yeah. People who know, know and love dogs, that's no surprise to them. <laughs> yeah. So what what is this? You said the galactic version of of these spirit animals. What what is this galactic group? What, who are they? Well, it's a it's a collective and their purpose is to help humanity heal. So, um they like to separate themselves from the actual dog 
themselves. So they are not the spirit of the dog. They are mm-hmm. not, um, you know, the higher consciousness of your dog. They um, have nothing to do with your dog except that they're using your dog to connect with you because we have such a heart space for our dog. So it's an easy opening, and it actually allows better healing through the heart that way. Interesting. Is there a difference in the roles, maybe, or purpose between a dog and a cat, per se? You know, I don't speak cat. <laughs> <laughs> They're a whole nother interesting beast, right? They're a whole beast, right? Nother, yeah, they are a whole different conversation. They are not dogs by any means, but they are aliens. <laughs> yeah, well, that <laughs> is true. That. that is true. I've heard, uh, whether this is true or not, I've heard the rumor that why the ancient Egyptians liked cats was because they helped uh, ward off evil spirits. And I don't know if that's true mm-hmm. or not, but I've heard that that's the rumor. Yeah, they actually have very specific gifts for manipulating energy and for absorbing negative energy. Interesting. That's what I've been told. Yeah. Ah, they're like right. a sponge, which is why they're always grumpy. Cause they're, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. always absorbing the negative energy in the room. Well, our cat that we have always jumps on my lap as soon as I sit down. Every time I sit down in my chair, it jumps up and, and curls up on me. So maybe she's absorbing oh, all the negative cleansing. stuff around me. Yeah. Cleansing everything that, you know, came through your energy field throughout the day. That's right. That's right. You know what? I'll take all I can get. Uh, Obviously, the pets, especially dogs, have been very therapeutic for people. We have veterans with PTSD. We have people with anxiety. Most of the time when you have some type of uh, care animal that takes care of you that you can have as a therapeutic animal, most of the time it's a dog Um, and obviously if that's the purpose from the higher realm of spirits, then it sounds like that's what a lot of their role is, is to be there to yeah. therify you and help heal you. Yeah, they, they it's a lot broader than that, too. They not only help heal us, but they actually orchestrate events in our lives and, and make sure that we make certain connections with people or places or experiences so that we stay connected to our path and our journey the way we wanted to when we came here. So. They, they have a, a wide variety of roles that they play, and it just depends on which spirit guide as far as what role they're playing. Does everybody have a canine spirit guide with them, do you think? Well, they are open to working with everybody. You don't have to have a dog to work with them, but definitely the, the people who have dogs, they are trying to connect with you through your dog. Interesting. So if you, and you said they're not necessarily attached to a particular dog, you know, even though they kind of work through the dog in that sense. So is it the same type of energy? Like, is it uh, the one that's working through your dog? Is that quote unquote, your past dog when it passes on? Is that the one that stays with you all the time? Or do you have different ones that come and go throughout your life? Well, it doesn't have anything to do with your physical dog. So it's not the energy Mm. of a past dog or, you know, that sort of, or a past loved one or anything like that is completely separate from that. But that can happen as well. Sure. You can have that in addition to. Interesting. Um, but they're completely outside of that realm. That's why it's, it's galactic. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I use that term, because it's way above what people <laughs> have ever considered to be what the dogs are capable of. Yeah, absolutely. How many of them do you have with you usually throughout your life? How many dogs That's, or spirit guides? Uh, how many spirit guides do you have? Well, that depends on the person because some of us move a lot faster than other people, and some of us have um, deeply ingrained, deeply rooted pain that we need to dissolve before we can do anything else. So sometimes that guide will just be with you your whole life because you never get to that point where you're ready to let go of it. Yeah. Um, but the people who move fast, they'll have a lot of different 
canine spirit guides coming in to their current dog to work with them. Very interesting. We're talking with Heather Lee Strom. She is author of the book Canine Spirit Guides, The Healing Power of Man's Best Friend. She's also a psychic that can communicate with these as well. Uh, when we look at trying to heal, let's say, past trauma or anxiety, which obviously there's a lot of anxiety today. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of depression today. We see a lot of kids going through a lot of bouts of depression, anxiety because of social media and other factors as well. Yeah. Uh, how can they help with those things? Um, not just oh, yeah. like extreme trauma, just on a daily basis, having that hard time like a cat absorbing that negative energy around. Like, are they able to do that for you? They are, but they need your permission. <laughs> so mm. I, I work with them with my clients. I channel in these healing entities with my clients, the canine spirit guides, and they will literally tell my clients exactly what needs to be healed. But then the client has to give the permission for that to happen because they don't nobody is allowed to to um, affect anything here on earth, the earth plane unless we give permission for that to happen. So they're not going to just do it for you behind the scenes because they're feeling sorry you've had a bad day. Right. <laughs> you have to ask. You have to know about it, connect with them and ask, and then be willing for that to happen. It almost seems like uh, they always say that uh, God's looking at us through the eyes of a dog because of how pure and innocent that dogs are and that the pets are, that they're always there for you, always dedicated to you, always lovable for you all the time. That uh, when you look into the eye of a dog, you're looking into the eyes of God. And when you look at, if you look at it from that perspective of like universal consciousness, for example, then that's technically true, isn't it? It is, and actually, you you can see your own soul just the same way, which some of us have completely disconnected from. But any any animal, any plant, any tree is a direct uh, connection to source because um, they don't have the ego that we have. So yeah. there's nothing shrouding it. That's interesting. It's a fascinating theory to think about. Uh, now, outside, do you solely communicate with dogs, or do you look at other uh, types of animals as well? It's just the dogs right now. I'm, I'm told there's going to be other animal kingdoms coming through, but right now it's just dogs. I've always been fascinated by birds, and I don't know why. So maybe that's oh, one that, uh, yeah. yeah, there's an opportunity there to chat with, uh, you know, my favorite raven or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would, A raven Ravens or a hawk. I've always, I always tell my wife I want one of those, and she's like, yeah, no, that's, that's not going to happen. So uh, we'll have to work on that. Uh, we're talking with Heather Lee Strom. Hold on the line here. We've got to take a hard break. When we come back, I want to continue this conversation on uh, how else they can help us to heal, how they can be there for us if we allow them to be, and what we can do to try and be mindful, to try and be relaxed, to try and get through this crazy world that we call, well, the world right now. I mean, when we're so confused in the world today, maybe we need a little bit of uh, help from the other side. We'll do some more of that when we come back here. It's The Voice Reason. It's a post-Monday celebration. Happy Halloween with a fun conversation. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Truth, reason, common sense, rationale. That's what we do here on this program. Of course, we have our Halloween episode today. Tomorrow, don't want to miss it, we have Congressman Bob Latter from the 5th District of Ohio. We'll get the latest out of Washington, D.C. Now that we have a Speaker of the House, what does Washington look like? What does the House look like? And 
where are we at with the rest of the appropriations bills? We are 5 of 12, baby, and we have another one apparently coming up later on this week that Democrats are losing their mind on. But nonetheless, have no fear. We'll try and do something, at least. Whether that's true or not. Right now, though, we're having a little fun for our Halloween episode. We are hanging out with Heather Lee Strom. She is, you can find her website, by the way, heatherleestrom.com, author of the book Canine Spirit Guides, A Healing Power to a Man's Best Friend, as she is a psychic being able to work with many of your uh, pets and animals. I am curious on what my pet would say and what our dog would say, because she uh, she is a little bit older now, and I'm waiting. She, she has bad hips. She doesn't move very well, and it's going to... D- I've never been torn apart by losing a pet before, but this one's going to get me when it happens, and uh, that's going to be a rough one. But uh, when people grieve like that because of their pet, um, it's obviously when they do pass, does that mean that their time as that animal has passed and that it's just time to move on to the next chapter? Yeah, but a lot of times they never really leave us. Mm-hmm. They hang around. Like, they don't they're, – they're okay just being in spirit form. They don't always have to just – have a body so they don't like pass on and leave like people do sometimes they just hang around but a lot of times they leave at very strategic points in your life signifying the need for a new chapter and um, they'll hold on as long as they need to until you're ready for that next chapter yeah and sometimes they go early because of that because you need to shift so they'll actually leave in order to get you to take a different direction yeah that's going to be a tough one because, yeah, like I said, not being much of a pet person. I've said it for years, not being much of a pet person on the air. That one, uh, when it does happen, I uh, apparently they've gotten me to be a pet person now. So, you know, congratulations. Yeah. The purpose has worked, I yeah. guess. <laughs> You're going to experience some real pain, my friend. Yeah, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. We had, <laughs> we had one that did pass just actually a couple months ago that was more my wife's animal. And it was a, it was a Shih Tzu that was 13 years old. And uh, hung around for a long time. And we noticed that it passed right at a time when it was, I mean, my wife had gone through a lot of stuff and that dog was always there. And she had finally Mm -hmm. started working through some of that stuff personally. And Mm -hmm. that was the time when it passed. And and we came to that conclusion Mm -hmm. that, you know, the purpose of that dog being there for her during those times was over. And Mm -hmm. now she doesn't need him anymore. Yeah, so she, that was a spirit, a canine spirit guide working with her through that dog, helping her through some of those things. And once she was ready for the next level, it was time for that guide to move on. So, so did the dog. That's amazing. That's a great story. When you hear, and when people come to you and wanting to reach out to maybe a long lost pet or somebody, what do you usually find them or do you find them in a different form? Like you said, when it goes back to the other type of consciousness, is it hard to track them down sometimes? Or are they, like you said, usually sometimes right there still in that form? Well, I don't do any direct work with the dogs themselves. I'm doing healing for the people mm. using the energy of the canine spirit guides. Interesting. So they all come to me for their own healing. They're not really searching for their dog. Yeah. What is usually the biggest thing that they come to you for, the, the person when they come to you? Is it for something like trauma, healing, or is it to try and elevate themselves or try and look for the next goal or trying to get guidance on their next path? What are they usually looking for? Oh. All of that, because a lot of times people don't even know that they have trauma that's blocking them that needs to be healed. So a lot of them come in and they're like, I feel lost. I don't know where to go next. I just know that something's off or I I need to know, I need direction. What's my path? What's my mission? You know, because some people just have that innate sense that they're here to do something. So that's how they find their way to me. And like you said, a lot of times they don't even know they have trauma until you start working with them. Like, oh, wow, Mm -hmm. I totally suppressed that from 30 years ago. 
Yeah, and, <laughs> and they don't even need to know what it is. It can just be released. Yeah. Uh, real quick, we got just about a minute left here, Heather, but to talk about for people, whether they work through this way, whether they work through other channels just to try and uh, get through life, try and try and calm themselves in this chaotic world that we have. Give some tips on how they can do that, how can how they can actually heal themselves or at least be able to calm their minds on a daily basis. Well, you have to realize that healing and is not meant to be a long, drawn-out process, and healing is actually really very easy and quick to do. So um, a lot of times what we succumb to is just a total illusion of what we think is happening when it's really not. Yeah. So that always gave me a lot of um, comfort. Yeah. When I realized I was just, it was just blowing up in my mind. It wasn't really what I thought it was. Yeah. Everything's always temporary and we always seem to uh, uh, to multiply the potential stuff going on in our lives at that time. It is Canine Spirit Guides. Go and check out the book at caninespiritguides.com. Also, heatherleestrom.com as well. Heather, thank you so much for coming on the program. Happy Halloween. We'd love to do it again soon. Thank you, Andy. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. There it is. That's us for us today. We'll do it again tomorrow. Until then, be your own voice of reason. We'll see you on the radio.